Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Dave Ninimitz. It's Dave Ninimitz. All right, welcome into the latest edition of Hear That Podcast. Growlin, Paulie Jr., Dave Ninimitz of The Athletic. Excited to be with you on Tuesday, December 26th. Merry, Merry Christmas to all. Hope it was delightful. Uh, and you got what you wanted, or if you didn't, your children did. And if they didn't, they didn't throw a fit. That's really all you ask for. We're just yeah. asking for peace and joy, right? Yeah. That's what it's about. Yeah. The kid's not throwing a fit. The biggest gift of all. <laughs> the biggest gift of all. <laughs> and uh, really, you know, it's like the uh, the slow play on this year's Christmas, Dave, is how crappy having Christmas on a Monday is when you got to work on Tuesday. And here yeah. we are. Yeah. Well, and in your case, in my case, working on Saturday, just kind of wedged it in there, old Christmas. It didn't, it, it, yeah. I feel like a lot of people woke up today with the, oh, Lord, really? <laughs> am I, am I really normal already? To, we're just going to do normal now after that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we are. But we are, Dave. We, we persevere. We power through because we do this for you, listener, who are still probably a little bit daubered down after this past Saturday's performance <laughs> by the Bengals. So we're going to try to talk through it, right? work this out together, muster up the strength to keep an eye towards the future. So that's all we got. There's, uh, I'm, I'm looking at your, your notes for this, and we're going to go through a lot of percentages today. It's a big oh, percentage day. Do you like percentages? Is that what you want today? <laughs> I, I, today yeah. I feel like a good percentage day. I don't think we have a choice. It's just percentage day. Okay. Well, we're going to start there. Here's, here's, uh, as far as news goes, of course, Mo Egger is going to join us in a little bit. We're going to talk a little bit more about this whole, I don't think the AFC North conversation has died down just yet. Um, I want to get to that with him, but I want to start with where things stand. So, news wise, um, Zach Taylor had a press conference on Christmas Eve in the after, early afternoon. Uh, for those of you that hopefully missed it, uh, <laughs> not a ton of news coming out of it. Uh, Jamar Chase, um, we'll a big we'll see on that one. You know uh, whether he'll be able to play against Kansas City. Cam Taylor Britt eligible to come off again. They'll put him out there and practice, see how he looks this week, and see if he's able to come back. So no definitives on either of those two guys. Obviously. That would be two players that would give them quite a lift going into the Kansas City <laughs> yeah. game and felt sorely missed uh, against the Steelers without question. No doubt. No uh, doubt. So, but where they say there's a lot of, well, it's over. They had to win that one. And then the weekend happened and everybody kind of lost. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> because that's what the NFL is. You now yeah. have a, 
I mean, that's what they are. They just, everybody finds your way to the middle. 24 teams still in contention uh, to make the playoffs, which is tied for the most with two weeks left in the season in the last 20 years. Oh, Roger Ganell cackling right now and just counting his money and enjoying everyone's relevancy. Tilly, Tilly has like a Raiders Saints Super Bowl, you know, <laughs> when like when like two of these uh, nine and eight teams squeak their way to the Super Bowl, then it'll be the ratings will not be quite as good. But right now, yeah, he's loving it. Yeah, and both teams ever playing backup quarterbacks in the Super Bowl because they couldn't survive it. <laughs> exactly. the, I, you really want like the year of the backup quarterback yeah. to end with like Sam Darnold versus Tyler Huntley. <laughs> it sounds about right the way we're going the way we're going it does um so after this weekend and I, i'm not here to instill hope Bengals fan because i know you don't want that right now you're not interested <laughs> in any light any silver linings uh you, you, you'd rather kind of just bask in the dirt it's like taking a bath right now you know i, I in in Bengals fans defense i think they just don't want to be set up to be hurt again. Yeah. They've been hurt enough. Better to just be disappointed now than be set up for more disappointment. Yeah, that run, that was really the old getting back together with the old significant other. Being like, Burrow goes down and you're like, okay, we're broken up. We're calling it off. <laughs> Season's over. Broken up. And then you're like, oh, you know, it was really nice to my mom the other day. And I think maybe he really is cheating. Oh my gosh, he has changed. Three weeks. It's <laughs> almost the best it's ever been, you know? And then all of a sudden, cheats mm-hmm. again, mm-hmm. but with like your ne- arch nemesis. <laughs> and you're like, oh, why did I go back in? I should have known better. Should have known better. <laughs> Thought this would be different, and it wasn't. Uh, so I don't I don't mean to be like, oh, well, you know, I've been, been doing and saying some nice things. So he's back at back at work. Now he's got a job again, you know, really straightening their life out. Uh, but I'm going to. So here's the deal. I mean, the fact is nobody will take the bull by the horns in this. It's like for whatever Bengals fans are feeling right now, how many other fan bases are in the exact same boat? Everybody keeps thinking they can take control of it. And then they turn around and just lay an egg. And then because, we're back. We're back to this. Absolutely. Because look at Buffalo. Right. I mean, they are down and all it takes right now is one little run Mm -hmm. and you feel like you can get in. And as we keep mentioning in this AFC, it all feels kind of attainable to make a little bit of run with clearly Baltimore uh, on its own tier. And we'll see where Miami's tier is after they play Baltimore this weekend. But um, everything else just feels very attainable if you can just catch a little bit of steam like the Bengals did for those three weeks. And which is why I think there was rightful excitement about the potential of what could happen next. That said, so you've got Cleveland in as the fifth seed here and Buffalo uh, currently it's in the sixth seed at nine and six. And then you have the Colts, the Texans, the Steelers and the Bengals all at eight and seven with one spot, that seventh spot there. Now, Buffalo still clearly not in yet. Um, They, they have to play Miami in the last week of the season. So that's never easy. They have New England at home this weekend. As far as the Bengals go, our handy dandy New York Times playoff simulator predictor dealio has them at 17%. 
Okay. So you're saying there's a chance. Okay. <laughs> um, and, and, but a lot of that is difficulty of schedule. They got to go to Kansas City. You got these Browns team, you're 0 and 5 in the division. We know how good the Browns have been of late. Because if they get to 10 wins, if they win both these games, they're very, very, very likely to be in the playoffs. Yep. 93% chance, according to our New York Times predictor, to be in the playoffs if you win the last two games. So, Dave, in many ways, still control their own destiny almost almost all the way. Have ma- Mostly have control of their own destiny. Well, last week we did a, a a run pass or boot kind of mid-show that we talked about those last three games when we saw Pittsburgh on the slate. And you and I both said the game we didn't think they could win or the least likely to win would be Cleveland and second Kansas City, third Pittsburgh. Obviously, the one that we were booting <laughs> yeah. was one they lost. So where do you feel right now on these last two, having seen what Kansas City did yesterday? Where, how are you feeling on these last two for them? Not close. Kansas City is is an attainable win. Yeah. I mean, Vegas went in there with Aiden O'Connell, who had 62 passing yards in the first quarter, and none after that. Zero passing yeah. yards, not a completion in the second, third, or fourth quarter, and they won <laughs> in, against Kansas City. Yeah. I mean – it's this is who the Chiefs have been for a while now. I mean, their their offense is not very good. It's holding wow. them back, and you can find a way to beat them. Now, do you relish having to face Patrick Mahomes uh, when he's angry, and you have this defense that does nothing but giving up explosives and gave up five hundred ninety three yards combined to Rudolph and Mullins? No, uh, and there's reasons why you're dauber down on the Bengals right now. It's because the same thing that you've had, we've talked about for a month is man. But the defense, they will they get get it right? And this could be the get right game for the Chiefs, and we know what that looks like. That said, I mean the Browns are just playing at a much higher level. We know what they are. We know what their defense is. AFC North seen that show a bunch this year. So for that fact, I think Kansas City is certainly the one that you feel better about winning if they beat Kansas City this weekend. That playoff probability goes to 53% chance to make it for the Bengals. A real game changer. Um, mm-hmm. With a, Obviously, they all are right now. Um, if they lose, it goes all the way down to 7%. They would need about a million things to happen. Um I always go back when we get to these percentages like that. I always go back to if you ever played poker or watched poker or forced to watch poker if you weren't into it. <laughs> it's always like, oh, he's got the three outer. You got to hit the king on the river, right? Like, I feel like <laughs> if they lose to Kansas City, you're down to the uh, you got massively outplayed and you need to just mm. catch catch the king on the river that will make Phil Hellmuth turn the table over or something, <laughs> you know? That's basically That's an excellent analogy. Yeah, it's perfect. Uh, you know, you're 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 just you're sick. You're staring at Chris Moneymaker, who's laughing, at you. <laughs> and he's wearing those weird glasses that. Oh, like, Greg Raymer have eyes on yeah. him. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Absolutely. Early. You weren't expecting to get some early two thousands poker <laughs> drops, were you? Today, we're well, trying to brighten it up. Okay, we're yeah. trying to brighten you up. So, if you beat Kansas City, and then 
complete the 0 for 6 run uh, in the AFC North and lose to Cleveland if you're the Bengals. That playoff probability gets to 20%. Now you've got yourself a flush draw. Okay. So there's, <laughs> it's, it's not totally over yet. You got a few extra outs uh, potentially if some things fall your way. It, it's obviously, I mean, we've talked about it for a while. This conference tiebreaker is just brutal if you end up in a three clubs or more situation with, with all of these teams. If you end up at nine and eight and, will probably come back to conference tiebreaker unless they happen to be in there with the right collection of teams that they beat. Yeah. Um, you're probably going to end up that conference record currently sitting at a sterling three and seven uh, being, being what ends you. Yeah. This is a very complicated Jenga tower right now. Just taking bricks out one at a time, watching it wobble. If, yeah. if they win in Cleveland, it sets up for a big game with Cleveland. Do you think there's a chance that becomes some sort of marquee game? I know everything's TBA the final week. Uh, it's really hard to say because there's so many different options and they've got yeah. all kinds of different windows. Um, if the the way that, you know, when you talk about ending up in the like one of these primetime slots and there's two slots on Saturday and then there's a primetime slot on Sunday night, obviously, that's that slot is typically designed for one-off game, no matter what happens, you know that you've got, they hope, you know, two teams playing for a spot in the playoffs or a division title or something seriously at stake. They're going to try to put something there that, that isn't affected by other games. Hard to, I guess it's possible, but it's hard to view Bengals-Browns being something that is going to be a one-off because there's going to be so many moving pieces. It feels like they end up in one of those Sunday windows where a bunch is happening at once amongst yeah. the wild card teams. Um, again, we'll we'll see how that plays out. Um, again, way, the way the NBA or NFL scheduling is going, they're just going to start putting games on every day, all day. So it could just be like Wednesday at three. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the way they fill every single time slot now. It does feel that way a bit. Um, yeah. So, so other other notes here. Uh, if you're into what you're rooting for, the situation and how it stands, uh, if if the Bengals win out um, this weekend, Patriots beating the Bills would be big. You want the Bills back in this mix. Obviously, you've got the head-to-head on Buffalo. Um, that only that only helps them. And then the Bills obviously will have to play Miami. And so that's a that's a tough spot for them. They could drop back in the mix, and the Bills could still be pulled out of this thing easy. I mean, they if the Patriots, who just pulled off the upset against Denver, maybe they're mm-hmm. win one for the hoodie, right? Maybe there's a little <laughs> bit of that going on in New England. Whatever happens, Buffalo does seem to be on a roll, but that would be huge. At that point, you would be at, if the Bengals won out and the Patriots beat the Bills this weekend, they would be at 99%. It's a, it's a big swing in in playoff percentage in that one. Also a big swing in the Seahawks beating the Steelers. Clearly, the Steelers being in the mix is brutal for the Bengals. They cannot be in a tiebreaker with the Steelers because before you get to these three-club tiebreakers, they break it down by division first. Yeah. So the Steelers would clearly knock the Bengals out if they both sit there at the same record. So you got to get the Steelers out of there if you're the Bengals. The good news for them is going to Seattle is a big ask. Um, just you know, going going to West Coast, another long West Coast trip for Pittsburgh, who's on a bunch of these. 
is Mason Rudolph magic going to continue? You feel a lot better about the Seattle defense, certainly. I just will see how that plays out, obviously, but that would be a big one to keep an eye on um, this weekend. No, no brainer there. You're watching Steelers scores the rest of the way out because also, don't forget, Baltimore could lock up everything this weekend yeah. if they beat Miami and be in a rest mode against the Steelers potentially mm. in in their final game. So uh, big one in Seattle there to uh, to keep an eye on. Should we talk schedules? Why not? I know it gets so confusing. I I didn't want to do this before this because it almost now I'm like okay two games of I feel like my tiny brain can handle two games a piece for everybody. But I wasn't expecting to be looking at six different teams in their two <laughs> games. We're still talking about twelve different games here. So Jacksonville is eight and seven. They currently have the this. I mean the AFC South is just this cluster. Okay, yeah. so they've lost four in a row. They play Carolina this weekend, and they go to Tennessee. They have the most accessible road to winning that division. Obviously, the Bengals would love to have Jacksonville down there in the tiebreakers situation uh, because of the tiebreaker they have in head-to-head with them. So potentially you're you're wanting Jacksonville to somehow lose to the Bryce Youngs in Carolina, who showed a little plucky, fiery spirit this weekend. They You're trying. Uh, you got Trevor Lawrence is in a state of flux here. It just yeah. sounds like, but this has been the way with him the last few weeks where it sounds like he's not going to play than he plays, but it seems like he's pretty banged up. So that's something to watch right there. Also something to watch. Yeah. You've got, we mentioned Buffalo, New England at Miami. Indianapolis has Vegas and Houston. Okay. So you're going to have Houston and Indy in that final get that final weekend which will will be a big deal um clearly Bengals would love for Houston to win that division um because that's the tiebreaker they would lose to them if they end up in some sort of a head-to-head situation uh we we've kind of gone over the rest of these here so again a lot to be determined I just think it comes dials back to this for me Dave look at some point, you got to win tilts. Yeah. At some point, you got to win games to put yourself in. They knew that from the beginning. Yeah, they need a little bit of help. But in the end, it hasn't changed a ton. You still just yeah. need to go win games, win these last two games, and that'll be enough. That There is a scenario that they win both and still get knocked out, but it's slim. I mean, yeah. and, and I think if you're Zach Taylor – and or any of these guys and you showed up in in the you show up in the meeting today or or Wednesday whenever the first thing i do is you walk in and i have that 93% number on the big screen maybe on a projector maybe on a chalkboard or a whiteboard oh you know oh yeah i think the overhead i overhead projector i think i'm using the overhead projector <laughs> i don't they don't really use the overhead projector but if they did i would wheel it out just for this yeah. even if i hadn't used it all year I'd put it on the mic cart, okay? And I'd roll it out, and all that would be on it is 93%. And remind all those guys, it's still right in front of you. Despite the the egg in Pittsburgh, the disappointment, summon the spirit of the previous three weeks, 
Embrace the underdog and the disrespect, which they're pretty good at. You're seven and a half point dogs at Kansas City. Everybody's counting you out. Eat into that little piece that has kind of fired up this team over the last few years. And go win two games, and you can get in and see. And 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 again, we talked about levels of success with this season, and you feel like it has been a success. You feel like you've done something. You get in there and see what happens. Maybe you win a game. Yeah, you know, you maybe you can go into Miami and win. You certainly could go back into Kansas City or Jacksonville and win at that point. I mean, I think that's all it is. That that has to be the messaging, and I'm sure it is at this. Well, I think you go back to your own house money again. I think that's how you look at it in one way. I think as fans and media, we look at everything so granular week to week, what happened just happened. And then we, we pick it apart, which we should, but go back to when Joe Burrow went down and ask yourself, if you were told with Jake Browning, a quarterback, you could get to 10 wins and have a shot at the playoffs. Would you take that? I think every no fan doubt. and everybody on the Bengals probably would. So if you look at it as a big picture thing, you can get to 10 wins. I think, Given what happened with Burrow, I think you're looking at a pretty successful season, especially if you get in the playoffs and do something. But you're right. You got to just win these games. And, you know, if we're sitting here next week just saying all the what ifs and how they laid an egg in Kansas City and they just weren't ready to do it. So the same the same speech you just gave could apply to every one of those teams on that list, too. It's nobody seems to want to take it. So if they want it, they need to just take it. Yeah. And, I mean, again, they have been awful against the AFC North. It's the defining factor of their season. And you get a chance to go get out of division for a week where they've been pretty damn good. You yeah. know, they've they've found ways to win. And Pitt, maybe it's just Pittsburgh's a bad matchup for young Jake Brown. Okay? Yeah. And they're a bad matchup for a lot of teams. Um, but for whatever reason, it, for him – He's had two bad games against them, and the rest have been pretty damn good. Historical, some might say. And so you you lean into that, and and the energy uh, and belief that you could build by getting uh, that win in Kansas City, and maybe you're even feeling healthier with Cam Taylor Britt to help shore up a secondary that sure looks like they need it, and and Jamar Chase to help you create something out of nothing a bunch. I just think you've got you can't go deep into the abyss over over that one, and you just got to keep focusing on the central figure of that. With that, I'm going to go to Mo Egger. Merry Christmas, Mo. Happy New Year. We're in that in between season where I'm not sure what I'm supposed to say to people. Am yes. I still am I still Merry Christmasing you since it's the 26? Are we focusing now strictly look ahead type guy? I'm looking in the future and saying Happy New Year to you. Well, as the uh, the child of divorced parents, uh, Christmas is rarely a one day event. So I'll I'll allow it till the twenty seventh. Then when we th- the question for me, I have this every year. Uh, I I like to play a little game, a- and this is a topic for maybe next week. But I'm gonna I, I the game that I play is how deep into the year do I hear people saying Happy New Year? Yeah, right. Yeah. So there's a cutoff. There is a cutoff, and it's usually for me like the third. But uh, you know, I, I I've gotten it like as late as post MLK Day. I've gotten it as wow. late as late January. So you know, I, I always enjoy that game. But for today, the the tree in our house is still up, so we can still say Merry Christmas. I give you through the following weekend. 
Okay, so whenever the first is, uh, I whatever the next weekend after mm-hmm. that, that next Monday, and no more, no more, okay. no more Happy New Years. We're moving on. Okay, I'm so fine. Yeah. So, uh, on January eighth, it's over. It's over. Okay? I don't. It's wanna, no longer a new year. No longer a new year. It's it's old. I'm already mad about stuff. I'm already dreading things. I don't want anything to do with your Happy New Year. Okay, bad Thank New you. Year. People have already quit working out. It's over. Exactly. Okay. Yes. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Uh, on that, on that note of, of pessimism, let's unpack, cause that's what we do on podcasts. Uh, something here. <laughs> I want to, I want to start with this. This is a, this is a little stat that is, maybe it's out there, but I just kind of went through it for a minute. We've talked a lot about how tough the AFC North is. And that is apparent at the San Francisco 49ers, um, last night who get throttled by Baltimore to complete their throttling by the AFC North this year. Um, <laughs> And it is, in fact, the toughest the AFC North has ever been. The 367 winning percentage when opponents face the AFC North is the lowest in the history of this division going back to 2002. That's something. So when, when we, let's let's t- put zero and five for the Bengals into some context here. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's not like. Uh, a year where they're losing to just you know the Browns at one in fifteen or whatever. Yeah. Everybody's really good. I'm trying to just work our way into this conversation before we go down the wormhole. That I wanted to go even further than that. Mm-hmm. Um, I want is this the toughest any division has been under that over that time span? Wow. So the it is the fourth toughest season for any division. In the his in the NFL since 2002, since since we had realignment, uh, the tops of that being the uh, the still talked about 2007 AFC South. Yeah, you just can't you just can't get people to stop discussing that year. Uh, the 2013 NFC West year in the middle of the Legion of Boom in San Francisco. A mm-hmm. uh, lot of good things happening. You had I think Carson was in Arizona maybe at that point. I'm not sure about that, but there's, I, I have to go back into my 2013 NFC West archives. Okay. Um, and then the two that last year, the NFC East. Really? Dallas and Philly, of course, you know, with a great record. Right. Um, Giants came out of nowhere uh, mm-hmm. to be salvageable. And so that's it, though. And then you have this year's AFC North. So I think there's perspective of 0 and 5 is dreadful, and 0 and 5 is is the defining factor of this team season right now without question. Um, but it's also would have been the defining factor for a lot of teams. Here's where I'll start with you, Mo run passer boot. Of course. Oh, okay. Um, let's do reasons for the divisional failure. Okay. Getting out a pen. Hang on. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's three things. It's hard to remember. It is the Tuesday after Christmas, so I don't have to have have memorized more than three things. Okay. (laughs) Number one. Number one. They're two soft slash trenches. We'll just call it trenches. Okay. Uh, 
No full burrow for any of them. Okay. Full healthy burrow. Ixnay in the north. Mm-hmm. Uh, strategy slash coaching. You can we'll call it coaching or organization. If you want to throw roster construction in there, I don't know what you how you want to view that, but sort of strategy in general. And maybe the maybe one and three play too much together. I don't know. You can judge. We're just kind of making it up as we go. What do you think? Mm. Well, I, I think we have to run with no full burrow. Yeah. I mean, for for all of the other issues that have popped up during these games, you cannot convince me that if they had a completely healthy Joe Burrow for all five games, that they'd be 0-5. Now, they wouldn't be 5-0, and but you cannot convince me that they would be 0-5. You, 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 can't, you can't convince me that, okay, the Steelers are formidable on a week-to-week basis. They're not winning one of those games. You know, who knows how that Baltimore game turns out, right? Joe looked the part before he got hurt against, excuse me, the Baltimore Ravens. And, you know, obviously the the Cleveland game was, you know, just a a whole uh, cacophony of errors. But it It rained. It rained. It it did rain that day. The weather was was not great. (laughs) Uh, Reason number one is they, they haven't had their main guy. They haven't had their franchise. And so let's go back and play those games with a fully healthy Joe Burrow and tell me they're not winning at least one. They are. So I'm going to run with that. I will... I will boot too soft. I think that's just a default place we go when a team can't win this game, win games in this division. It's the AFC North. You got to wear a hard hat. It's a man's division. Like, I, I just... I feel like we almost default to that. And look, it's it's not to say the Bengals haven't been out toughed in some of those games, but you know, I, I didn't view Saturday night as as a result of the Bengals being out toughed. I viewed it as uh well the next thing we'll get to here, but but also Jake Browning kind of turned into a pumpkin. <laughs> like yeah. when he threw the when he threw the pick in the end zone, you just went, okay, okay. Uh, you know, this has been a fun story. And and maybe it has another chapter in Kansas City or against the Browns, but it just sort of felt like, oh, oh okay, yeah, that that whole like, well, what are they going to do with both quarterbacks? Like, let's just settle down. He's a backup, and you just saw why. So, so you think trade Burrow guys having a tough scene this weekend? Well, I sat <laughs> on my colleague Bill Cunningham after the Bengals won last week against Minnesota. He asked on Twitter, "Do you trade Burrow?" And so I I waited. And then midway through the game, I retweeted, quote, tweeted it and wrote no. So, <laughs> you know, uh, okay, it was fun. It was fun to, to kind of, you know, throw that out there. It was fun to sort of, you know, be the first guy to go, what do you do with Burrow? What, what can you get for? Uh, look, Jake is a fun story. And, and maybe there's a place for him in the league as a starting quarterback. Uh, ten times out of ten, you would prefer to have Joe Burrow. So, you know, did they get out toughed by the Steelers? I just think against that opponent and in games in this division, when you lose, that's a place we go. And sometimes it applies. That wasn't the biggest reason why they lost Saturday night. And it was it's not the biggest reason why they've lost these AFC North games. Now, the strategy coaching thing, I, I guess I'll I'll pass on that because. And, and the reason I'm only passing on it is I, I haven't done a deep dive. I, I, I could just tell you that in, in watching in, in lumping the five games in the AFC North all together, 
I feel like one of the themes for me has been, God, you know what? It just, it, it feels like they're coaching. I don't want to say scared, but without the aggression, aggression that we have seen in, in other games, right. It, it, without the creativity that we have seen in, in some of the other games, you, you want know, more trick just, plays. So <laughs> I don't want a lot of trick plays, but, but it's like, you know, there's an NFL films from, you know, some year back in the 80s where before the game, Bill Parcells is telling Phil Sims, I want you to throw two picks today, because if you're doing that, you're taking some chances. We need you to take chances. So if you're going to tell me that creativity is going to mean that we get the occasional wide receiver pass, if that's a sign of overall expanding what we're trying to do on offense in an effort to find an edge, I can live with it. Now, it can end in the disaster that was the Tyler Boyd play where he threw the pick, but, but the other two non quarterback passes, you know, they, they lived I didn't love it on third down with Tanner Hudson against Minnesota, but it, it, it wasn't a disaster. So if I'm getting some of that stuff, because we're going to coach and play with more uh, aggression, I can live with that. It has felt to me like, with how they use Chase Brown, with the, the the quote after the first Pittsburgh game where it's basically, well, that's just how it is against the Steelers. Like that's, that sort of flies in the face of everything I hear from coaches all the time, which is, oh, we're going to do what we do. We're not going to let them dictate how we play. And then the Bengals play the Steelers and it's, well, you know, there's only so many things we could do. It, it just, it is felt to me as a general rule in the five games they've played in the AFC North, like that's sort of, outside the box creativity let's use all our weapons let's empty the bag that's gone away and yet we have seen it against other teams we certainly saw it against jacksonville i think everybody walked away from the jacksonville game going man what a what a what a wonderfully called game by zach taylor in terms of how they got jake brown uncomfortable early how the game plan expanded as the game wore on the way the offense just looked how they incorporated chase brown how the running game looked different and it just feels like a lot of that stuff has been absent in the five AFC North games. Um, a couple of things there. I, I would go, I'm the same with you. I'm, I'm running with, with Burrow. And, and it's funny. I mean, think about even having a fully healthy Burrow for, you know, Pittsburgh or Baltimore with one of those wins. I mean, they're sitting yeah. there at nine and six, yeah. With the Bills, it's it's one one game. You know, you had so many of those games where where you were without him being fully healthy. You only need him. You look back and say, "Oh, he wouldn't. They wouldn't have won all those." The defense, okay, yeah, but if they would have won like one of them, they'd be yeah. nine and six right now, and one game behind Cleveland or two that- of those, and there they are, the Browns right now. And and so right I, again, he's the difference maker. So let's not, you know. It, there were it's, the offense had its own problems with Burrow this year, and mm-hmm. those will be points of discussion going forward. But you know, we know who they were with Burrow full himself. They were that team that only had one loss uh, to Houston in a shootout. Okay, and so let's let's not put that let's 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 leave that as I think the clear difference in in this season in in, in many regards. That said, I am. I'm passing on the trenches I because here's the thing. There's a couple of elements to this and that, or I guess the opposite. I, I, I just, what I'm going to say is the pass rush, I think is a part of that. And I, they just do not have 
enough juice in the pass rush as a whole and specifically coming out of the interior. This team has so clearly missed having a truly disruptive inside pass rush for the last couple of years yeah. um, that it, it, and it just wasn't addressed and it has shown up in these games, these games specifically, I think in inability to get after the quarterback with anything, not named Trey Hendrickson has beat them up. I'll go back 2021. And the grants a very different North. Uh, in 2021, there was a lot of different things happening. It was very much more accessible. They're four and one when they were trying to win. We know they lost the game with yeah. without you know resting starters against Cleveland. They were then three and three last year and zero and five this year. Their pass rush was so much more disruptive. It came in waves. They had Hill and Ogan Joby together. They had Reader. You had Hendrickson. Hubbard. You had all of the guys going. They were coming. They they were deeper. It felt like they had so much more depth on that pass rush and it it just came at you. They just don't have that now. And it shows up when Mason freaking Rudolph can stand back there and have time to throw to George Pickens, a million yards down the field. Uh, You know, sometimes you're going to have slant and goes and those happen, but the stuff where they just have times are not feeling pressured into mistakes um, has been the case for them in too many of these games this year. And then in the same respect, I'm not saying you got to be able to run the ball. And I wrote about this in past this past weekend. It's not about that. Their, their strategy of being pass first, pass heavy has worked in winning this division the last two years. It's at some point you have to be efficient doing it. At some point there are got to have it moments where you've got to be able to move people or not get moved. And they far too often got moved when they couldn't and couldn't move people when they had to in these games. And that, killed them in sustaining drives not being able to stop drives not being able to stop the bleeding when trailing in these in these types of games and so for that I put that as a bigger role than necessarily coaching or coaching scared or any of that stuff which has been an issue but I, I go back to at some point you gotta have it and you always got to be able to get more pass rush uh in this division and they just haven't they've just fallen short in the in the trenches that way so does that when we we do the the list of things that have to be addressed this offseason is that number one. Because last year, and I think you and I talked about this, it, it wasn't until the season had been over for a few weeks where we go, you know, on top of all the other things we want to see the Bengals do, they're going to have to make the pass rush a, a little bit better. And even when they drafted Miles Murphy, uh, you know, after all the talk of tight end and, you know, what they're going to do in the past game and how do they set themselves up for life after one of the wide receivers leaves, why'd they take a edge rusher? Well, the pass rush could be better. It was, it was talked about, but it was sort of talked about as like, Oh, by the way, I don't think we could do that now. Like, I think when we talk about 2024, it's how does this pass rush get better? And it's at more than just one position. Um, and so, you know, that's that's going to be interesting because there are so many other, you know, things that they're going to have to figure out on across the roster. But it becomes a more pressing issue. And I think how that's unfolded this year, where it's gone from something where you go, you know what, the pass rush could be better to now, like, holy crap, if they don't make it better, this team isn't ultimately going to achieve what what so many of us wanted to achieve. I, I think it's become a more front and center topic over the last 12 months. And that's been reflected by how they've played. But I also think that the the AFC North games have amplified that. But it's not like that's been exclusive to the five games in the division. No, not at all. 
Um, I, I, I have, I would have defense, and then we knew this was going to be the case when DJ Reader, in general, was going to be entering free agency. I mean, because right. we're we're taking him off the board until they sign him. Um, and, and now, obviously, even more so with his injury. But defensive tackle for to me, or in tier, I don't care what it looks like, <laughs> something. Whether we're yeah. talking about a guy who's playing the reader position, or or someone who can take some snaps off BJ Hill's plate, whether it's a first round pick, whether it's a guy they sign, whatever, maybe it's multiple mid tier guys, two Ogan Jobies for one, instead of, you know, one <laughs> big, I don't care what you, how you do it, a proper addressing of the interior pass rush um, is to me where it has to start. It's just such a game wrecker in this league. I mean, yeah. and it's, and it's, it's notable because there's just not enough guys that do it. It's a small list. You know, there's, there's one Aaron Donald. There's only a couple of Je- Jeffrey Simmons and Chris Jones. I mean, these guys, there's only so many DJ readers. There's only yeah. so many DJ readers and you know? they just, they change everything. They change yeah. everything. And, and they've just clearly been missing that. And I think now to me, it would be where you would start. Then I'd go to right tackle. And then I'd go to receiver needing to check all three off with pretty solid in bold checks, but that would still be the order and getting things figured out for me. But I, I just think this, the, what's happened in the division, a lot of it has come back to that. Not necessarily stopping the run, but just being a disruptive presence in there, having more disruption, having waves of players that can come in there on the inside. Because they did on edge. Look, you got to count on Miles Murphy at some point. Okay. Yeah. You, you have Osai still. You have, like, they've addressed that with young players. So now you got to move to the inside to try to have your waves and have your, have your dudes. Yeah, the the word is disruption. It, it's been yeah. rare that we've watched this team year, the, the, this team this season, and felt like God up front they're disrupting what the other team wants to do, whether it's quarterback dropping back or or handing it off. Yeah, and and I I do think that was, I do think that was when, when they fell behind a, a couple of scores, you kind of went, okay, well now without DJ Reader, they're just gonna you know hammer it down their throats and. Obviously, some of that was there. Uh, I, I think that's I think that's reasonable. And again, when we start talking about the roster construction for 24 and the draft and free agency and, and what do they do, that becomes the biggest, the biggest talking point for me as the offseason begins to unfold. Um, but the offseason has not begun to unfold. Oh, yet. man, this is why I love this league. This is why, <laughs> because on Saturday evening, it was over. <laughs> Over, done, cooked. Uh, the last game, there's going to be 50,000 Browns fans finished, not even going to watch the Chiefs game. And then, you know, as as things unfold over the weekend and people start breaking out that New York Times playoff calculator, mm. which I admit I have spent way too much time. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, looking at different uh, playoffstatus.com, 25%. You know, they win these last two. Here we go. I love it. And and by the way, like it was hard to watch the Chiefs on Christmas and go, God, they can't they gonna, can't can't go to Kansas City and win. Like Jake Browning can't be better than Aiden O'Connell with zero passing yards the last three quarters. Team stinks. <laughs> so yeah, Travis Kelsey winging his helmet all over the place. <clears throat> no wide receivers to throw to. Patrick Mahomes is getting mad. So yeah, in in 72 hours. We have gone from utter despair to hope revived because a lot of things happened the way we needed them to happen. So are you back? Are you back? (laughs) Are you, or, you know, to me, it goes back to like, I, uh, this is a, this is a good one. 
you know, we, and we've talked a lot about this season, oddly enough this year, and it's kind of turned out that way a little bit outside of the injury thing. Oh, six. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is to throw back where at the end it was at some point you got to win a tilt and people are like, well, they had to play the Colts, They had to play Denver and Denver. Mm-hmm. And they had the, the Steelers in the final week of the season. They just had to win one basically. Yes. Of course it was the, the, the extra point debacle, the Brad St. Louis game on Christmas Eve. And, and they had gotten, you know, run, it got run up on them on a tough game in Indy. And, and then they lost in overtime against the Steelers. But at some point you got to win a game to deserve to get in. Okay. And, yeah. and they have won. They've won three games before this game against Pittsburgh. And so, yeah, beating Kansas City and Cleveland in back-to-back weeks is is a, is a tall order. But if you deserve to get in, if you want to be the team that bullies their way in, at some point you got to go win the games. And and I think I, you view it that way is, and they're attainable. It's not like they're games that they they shouldn't be able to win. You don't have to go to Baltimore twice. I mean, you're just – you're playing a Chiefs team that's struggling. You're playing a Cleveland team that, you know, win a game, right? It's Joe right. Flacco. Right. Even despite he has, I guess, good that he's been playing. Yeah, look, I mean, we said what, two, three weeks ago, can they get to 10? Well, they still can. Yes. Can they get to 10? Now, they have no margin for error to get to 10, but can they get to 10? And, you know, I know Vegas has the Chiefs as of this morning an eight-point favorite. That's that's a crazy number. That's comical to me. Yeah. Um, certainly going to Kansas City and winning is not going to be easy when you do have a backup quarterback. But is is that is the least formidable Kansas City Chiefs team they've had since Alex Smith was the quarterback. And then the Browns in your building, uh, it, it feels to me like they're going to be pretty much cemented into the five. So what motivation are they playing with? Right. So mm-hmm. you might take advantage of that. We all said get to 10 and they're going to be in. And I still believe that getting to 10 wasn't, well, they have to beat the Steelers. It was, you got to get to 10 and that Kansas city game. This is not the chiefs team of your, it's not the chiefs team of last year. Now that doesn't mean they're going to go there and win. And Kansas city's defense is still quite good. And it is Patrick Mahomes. And you do have a backup quarterback and the team we saw on Saturday uh, is probably not beating Kansas city on the road, but yeah, I mean, if I would have said, in the aftermath of Joe getting hurt against Baltimore, uh, the Bengals will go into the last two weeks with a winning record and largely in control of their own fate. Uh, they need to win two games, and they have, according to the New York Times playoff calculator, yes, a 96% chance of getting in, I think is the number. Uh, yeah, it's it depends on how the other thing, but yeah, 90, right. 93 if you just click that Okay. Win. All right. So if I would have said that uh, that late that Thursday night against uh, after the Ravens game, I think every Bengals fan would have signed up for that. Well, here we are. So, you you know, it lose the the game on Saturday was uber, uber frustrating. But as as things kind of went down the way they did over the weekend and Denver loses that game and then you watch Kansas City and you kind of understand what the Browns might be dealing with week 18. And it, you know, even best case, it's Joe Flacco like. If, if all of these things, I've said this a number of times, if all of these things we've said about the Bengals over the last couple of years are indeed true, that they have good coaching and a terrific roster, and then they should still be able to accomplish what, um, like a week ago, everybody was just sort of taking for granted. Yep. Uh, well, Mo, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, getting them in there right now. Just stick, sticking with sure. that. I'm going to double up today. Okay. All uh, right. I'll be with you. 
tomorrow because you're with you're doing the uh the two the Monday show on Tuesday. You'll be with our, our good friend James Rapine today. Uh, yes. All right. So enjoy that. And then t- tomorrow I'll be back at the more line logger house uh, with you in the probably the looks like the four o'clock hour because we've got all our stuff going on between three and four with uh, Jake Browning. Nobody yelling downtown Jake Brown after that last one. No, and, uh, no, nobody, nobody sport trotting out a new nickname, unfortunately. No, uh, maybe or maybe it just has a curse word in it. Uh, but yeah, but uh, you so. know. I, I heard I was out watching the game on Saturday and I heard a lot of this bleeping guy. There was a lot of that. Like, I can't win with <laughs> how this quickly we'll guy. turn on you, man. It's I'm very, very. You, it was very, very quick. It, it is remarkable, though, for the third straight year, the Bengals go to Kansas City with their season hanging in the balance. Yep. It's it's another chapter in what I think has become the best rivalry in the sport right now. And so I think Saturday is really interesting and a lot of fun. And if they win this one. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, oh, man. Here we go. Everybody's in. Everybody's back on. All right, Mo. I will will see you tomorrow. Thanks for your time. Thanks for having me. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Mo Egger, ESPN fifteen thirty. Great to have him, Dave. Did we learn anything from that? Yes. Yeah. Kind of what I said earlier. He echoed what I said, which is just put yourself back in that perspective of post Joe Joe Burrow going down. I I think if you spin it that way, you're going to be doing fewer angry walks around your neighborhood. And just looking at this is like these two games are like playoff games now. Yeah. I know that's cliche to say, but. Um, I think I think you've hit the nail on the head where it's just like you, you want to earn this, go win these two games. I don't think anyone argues that you're a team that should be in the playoffs. Yeah. And and you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of conversation right now about the offseason and what comes next and how do you fix this. And we touched on it a little bit there. I'm not gonna go full into that yet. Okay. Like I just we have a lot of time. And don't worry, it's coming. We but we we just have a lot of time. Um, 
to to dive into the offseason when you know for now there's still there's just a lot of, there's a lot at stake and a lot of the line as as demoralizing as Saturday felt to those hopes um we're still in it let's let's save the conversation for the like months that we have to fill okay yeah. still games being played that we can talk about so let's keep focused on those i know that we you know and i try to be the guy on the couch with you uh in, on the podcast and i know that's where at christmas noggin hand <laughs> bourbon in hand you know family sitting around complaining about the bengals Everybody went into the same thing. Well, they gotta, they gotta do, you gotta sign T or you gotta t- tag and trade T or gotta do this, gotta fix it that fire everyone. Which, by the <laughs> way, it is just amazing how quickly like the internets just need to learn a new move. Yeah. Other than the instantaneous fire of the coaches. <laughs> I had this conversation with my wife yesterday because I <laughs> I saw it was it's with every team. That yeah. as soon as things go wrong, you just have to fire all the coaches. Yeah. You have to find a new quarterback. Like it's just the answer to everything. And and it's I'd not Bengal specific. You're right. No, no, no. No, no, no. But I, I'd love to see some of these teams where they're like still in the playoff hunt and you're just gonna go fire a dude when you have no one necessarily that can replace him on your <laughs> staff. That's you gonna too make things better. Could find the next Antonio Pierce and exactly and cat bounce. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's just I just, I'm not, uh, it's, it's constant. It always happens. I mean, it goes from this guy is the greatest to fire everyone (laughs) in like two quarters. We just got to find new moves. Okay. A couple of new moves is all I ask. Uh, But you know, so we, we, you end up back in that, in that place again, of of everybody going from the depths to getting back into it. Um, We're going to focus on the games a little bit. That's it. You know what else we can focus on Dave? The, the Bengals, growler bet. The Bengals growler bet. That's right. It was a fun one. I want to shout out to everybody that offered a number of different uh, uh, submissions and subject headers. Most playing off Christmas. Uh, and Christmas is just so ripe. It's it's so ripe <laughs> for uh, subject heading and jokes. Uh, I appreciated it. And I will say, as Jay and I you listened to the walkout, it was good to have Jay back. It was funny though. One of the uh first responses to me posting the walkout that it was Jay and I in the car driving back together was wait, mom and dad get back together and it's to recap that. <laughs> this is, it's kind of like if if the only time you saw mom and dad laughing together was at a funeral for somebody. <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah, it's like this is where I gotta get it. Okay, I guess I'll take it, but goodness. <laughs> Uh, which leads me to my first favorite subject header for the week, which was from Neil Clayton. The you're not my father, Dave Growler bet. <laughs> Shout out to stepdad. Hey, I'm not the stepdad. I'm the dad that stepped up, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Donnie, Donnie's doing his best over here. Uh, I saw that. I saw a meme of that with that on, uh, on Joseph of Joseph and Mary fame of him wearing, the, I'm not the stepdad. I'm the dad that stepped That's up. Great. Sure. <laughs> That's great. But anyway, shout out to Neil Clayton for dropping that in and, and honoring Dave in his uh, stepdad role. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so the, the growler was uh Pittsburgh rushing yards. 
Uh, they ended up with 113 in this one. Hey, way to go, Bengals. <laughs> that's a, that's the best in the division this season. Just 113 yards. Um, Mark Grayson, 112. Wow. Oh, so close. So close. On Yet Price get... is right. He totally wins. But but here you get nothing. Are you still encouraging people to spay and neuter their dogs, though? <laughs> I'm not. Oh, just, just leave them. Leave them. <laughs> you monster. <laughs> All right, spay and neuter them, but you're not winning. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, <laughs> so Mark Grayson gets us so close for this week. Patrick Sable, one seventeen, also close, but not so close. Mm. Uh, so congratulations to you guys. A couple more submissions. Uh, <laughs> Kyle Davis. She showed me her growlers and I liked them too. Which we were <laughs> talking water about. Boy wa- we were talking about Waterboy last week. We yes. did the whole Waterboy thing with uh, yeah. with Ryan Wilson talking That's about right. uh, Rick Spielman and Jake Browning <laughs> en- envision Rick Spielman's face. So she told me her growlers and I liked them too, which is a good one. I appreciate people going back to that. Uh. <laughs> Uh, from from Mike D, uh, Uncle Frank, what did you think about last week's immature growler bet results? Immature or not, it was pretty gall darn hilarious. <laughs> Shout out to the all the sixty nine conversation that we had uh, last <laughs> week and some some Home Alone reference there. Um, Danny B with Melikalikimaka uh, is the growler way. <laughs> <laughs> to say Merry Christmas to you, specifically to our old optimistic friend, Natasha B, wherever she may be. Shout out, Natasha B. We still love you, even though we haven't been able to do the live rooms, which always end with our sound of the ocean from Hawaii from Natasha B at 6 a.m. Always could have used it today. Like, I feel like <laughs> Bengals fans, Bengals fans could have used maybe a Christmas Eve at noon, a 6 a.m. Hawaii time Christmas yeah. Eve. They could have used some waves to calm them down. But uh, alas, we'll we'll get it. We'll we'll get it. maybe whenever they officially get eliminated, we'll have to do another live room. We need we owe one of those anyway yeah. uh, and get the get the waves to calm us down. <laughs> uh, one last one from Brian Abrey, and that is you taught me everything I know about Growler Illumination. Shot. one last national lampoons christmas vacation uh reference for you so thanks to everybody for submitting again no winners this week uh thankfully um but <laughs> after the debacle that was the previous week so much criticism taken although i say everybody that responded really seemed to be understanding a little bit of what was what was dubbed the Dave Allen compromise, the great Dave Allen compromise of 2023, where we went ahead and just gave it to him, <laughs> even though he wasn't amongst those most correct. Um, all right. On that note, uh, Arby's. So if you listen to the walkout when mom and dad got together at the funeral, uh <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's funny. So we're driving, you know, it's middle of the night or whatever. We're driving through what I don't know how we, we get off at an exit to go get gas right after that to, to go the rest of the way. Jay pulls off on the ramp. No joke. A deer jumped right out of us like eight seconds after we stopped recording. It felt like 
And all of a sudden, boom, deer right in front of Jay. It's a quick hit on the brakes. We don't hit the deer. There's another one nearby. And I was like, what if our last words would have been, <laughs> I hear that podcast growl and walk out. Some would say the way it should be. Yeah. But uh, it felt like it almost was how it ended for us at one, at one for one second there. I, you know, I, I like this. It's a shame that can't just be the format, you know, of you and Jay just driving around late at night in different places with danger all around. It adds like an extra element to it that your, your heads are on swivels. You could die at any time, but you're also just cranking out the podcast. As Jay will tell you, I mean, if you're, there's always, whatever he's doing late at night, danger is always in play. That's how how he lives. And he'll tell you, uh, uh, but anyway, so yeah, that was, uh, that was great. Uh, last one, which is related to the growler bet, uh, our good friend Ray White, who's the king of uh, growler submissions, pointed out he did uh, Twas the Night Before Growlers, you might remember from last year, which is a pretty epic rendition. <laughs> um, it fell through, but our good friend we mentioned earlier, James Rapine, he was going to have James, because James is on Cameo, it was going to have James do a $15 oh. Cameo recording, uh, wishing me a Merry Christmas and recording... Uh, his growler bet submission, Ray's growler wow. bet submission, which would have been absolutely epic, but James yeah. did not respond oh, in time. That's coughed next. up, coughed up his fifteen dollars. Really would have been next level stuff. <laughs> that's shout next out level. Ray, yeah, yeah. Shout out Ray for thinking outside wow. of the box, and it did make me smile and laugh thinking about it. So <laughs> it makes me want to look at who else on the Bengals beat is on cameo. Is it? Is everyone else on cameo? I I think you need to be now. I mean, I didn't realize this was even a thing. I, for me, like every Tuesday morning, this is this is my cameo with you. Yeah. Like, I feel like I'm getting a free hour long cameo from you. And it's exciting. Yeah. Except you don't get $15 at the end of it. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Thanks for bringing me down. <laughs> there is no bonus is my point. No Christmas bonus yeah. for you. We can, yeah. get you we can get you the uh, 12 months to the Jelly of the Month Club. <laughs> It's the gift that keeps on giving the whole year round. <laughs> that it is, Dave. That it is. Uh, that'll wrap us up. We will have much more on Bengals, Chiefs, Kansas City, and some locker room recap stuff as the team comes back Wednesday in preparation for that game, which will go off at 4.30 on New Year's Eve. There's no movement on flexage and any of that type stuff this weekend. So Bengals, Chiefs from beautiful Arrowhead where I will be in the press box that is just below the moon. It's just awful. Maybe get some alien information up there. Honestly, like I wouldn't be surprised if they've just been living there. Uh, So it'd be (laughs) great to check back in from that super high press box uh, and uh, have all our recap from you on New Year's Eve. Uh, And so keep an eye out for that and plenty more to come this week's. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Have a good one, everybody.